Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's my pleasure to announce the 24 winner of our trophy, the Leon Dreisaitl. Leon Dreisaitl hammers it home. Nugent Hopkins and Yamamoto with a help. Dylan Holloway, University of Wisconsin. We have a star in the making right now for the Edmonton Oilers. Now we've got a wild scrum with fights breaking out all over the place. Jason's looking like he's picking the right time to get hot here. This is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. We're a really good team. Um, you know, we know that. And just trying to go out there and show that every game. I'm James Neal. Start on this. Jajar Kara from your Edmonton Oilers. This is the battle of Alberta we've been waiting for for three decades. Archibald Richard Mike Smith, Leon Dreisaitl. This is Conor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Unbelievable. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. What a stop me by Miko Koskinen. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official station of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. with there, Mr. Escott, back in the 630 Chad Studios. Is that what you brought to the table today? Yes, sir. Uh, I don't know if Eric Bloom is their front man or not. He does play guitar and do vocals in the band. He was born this day in 1944, Bob. I didn't realize how old the songs were. Yeah, well, uh, sure, absolutely. Welcome, everybody. This is Oilers Now. Uh, suffice to say, given the fact that we're celebrating something uh, positive today at Chorus and with 6.30 Chad, as it is uh, part of, well, it's a, it's a special time to say the least. And uh, we want to mention to you at this time that uh, we've got a jam-packed edition of Oilers Now for you. And I just need to pull up the right liner. There it is. It is December the 1st, and today is Santa's Day on 6.30 Chad, inspired by a simple wish to see every child receive a new toy at Christmas with your help. We can make that wish come true. Donate to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous now. You can call 
855-1821 or visit santasanonymous.ca. You can help bring Christmas to more than 20,000 children in need by donating today. This will be ongoing throughout the course of the day here with Chorus and 630 Chat. Again, that number, 587-855-1821, and you can visit santasanonymous.ca. All right, lots to get to coming up on the Tuesday edition of Oilers Now, which is uh, brought to you, of course, every day by our title sponsor, Digitex. They want to remind you that you can buy or lease your next office network printer from the digitex.ca e-commerce store, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office IT and supplies. We've had a lot of questions from our listeners on our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors, ready for your kids' pregame warm-up. Is there or is there not a caveat in the memorandum of understanding with the CBA between the NHL and the NHLPA? Uh, Hart Levine is going to come up in about five minutes' time here on Oilers now from Puckpedia, and we'll discuss sort of the ramifications of the memorandum of understanding that got put together for what turned out to be a six-year contract extension of the CBA and whether or not uh, there is the wiggle room that exists for the league's owners to go to the players to change the deal. And conversely, whether or not there is perhaps a solution that could be tied to defer, uh, deferral. So Hart Levine at 12.15 from Puckpedia joining us. Of course, it's a Tuesday. That means Mark Spector. Mark Spector. Every Tuesday on Oilers Now for the horses and horse racing Alberta, the 7,000 men and women employed, uh, employed in the horse racing uh, industry. They present live standard bread racing Saturday and Sunday from Century Mile. Watch and wager online at hbibet.com. Horse racing Alberta, caring for our horses while contributing to the economy. So spec will come down the pipe from 1235 to 105 today. And at 135, Emily Kaplan out of ESPN. Get her perspectives on uh, what's going on with the CBA between the NHL and the NHLPA and how a Canadian division uh, would resonate. Uh, Would that even matter to uh, uh, American followers of the game? I will say this. I think it would be a huge uh, spike for Sportsnet if the NHL and the NHLPA can ultimately uh, work something out to uh, get a deal done to get back on the ice here for... I don't know, maybe February? Maybe that makes the most sense at this stage, given the ongoing challenges with the worldwide pandemic. All right, you can reach us at any time in the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. All slot machines open at the River Cree. They've got uh, individual dividers with plexiglass to separate each of the machines. And uh, they've also got nine separate dining options at the River Cree as they continue to follow all AHS guidelines. They've got the brand new Italia where you can enjoy two-for-one entrees at Italia on Wednesdays and Thursdays. The River Cree Resort and Casino, Alberta's premier resort destination. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. And uh, reach us uh, as well on Twitter at Oilers Now. You can reach me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer and Brendan and Brendan Escott. Just before uh, we bring aboard Hart Levine, I, I want to get into the Oilers Now audio vault for direct workwear, where uh, uh, safety meets savings. Direct workwear supporting local and Canadian manufacturers in Edmonton and online at directworkwear.com. And uh, John Shannon was on yesterday's show. He had this to say uh, on whether or not revising the original memorandum of understanding on the CBA is reasonable to do. 
I know both sides pretty well, and and uh, I can only speak for, for from my working alongside Gary and Bill. There's no way that they would have allowed themselves to be put into this corner. Uh, and I do think that uh, they believe, and they've always believed, uh, that they had a right to come back and say, "Listen, we need to. If COVID is not, you know, improved by the time we want to start again, we need to be able to find a way to fix it." So, and I think that that's where the disagreement is. It's it's plain and simple. Uh, and the question then becomes: Is anybody prepared to to really draw a deep line in the sand? And um, we've been, Bob, we've been through this. A lot of times we've seen it happen before with Gary, with Bob Goodnow, with Gary, with Don before, um, and we're just going through a, you know, a, one of those old mating ritual dances that we've seen. It's not as cut as straightforward as a. Uh, in inventing a new CBA because they do have a CBA in place, uh, but that's what's that's what's happening right now. All right. So for the listeners right now, stay with me here because I'm going to actually read right from the NHL uh, NHLPA memorandum of understanding from paragraph 17.17. If because of any condition arising from a state of war or other cause beyond the control of the league or of the club. It shall be deemed advisable by the league or the club to suspend or cease or reduce operations. Then, subset A, in the event of a suspension of the operations, the players shall be entitled only to a uh, proportion of paragraph 1 salary due at the date of the suspension. B, uh, in the event of cessation of operations, the paragraph 1 salary shall automatically be cancelled on the date of cessation, that's B, and C, in the event of reduction of operations, the paragraph one salary shall be replaced by the mutually agreed upon between the club and the player or in the absence of mutual agreement by the determined by a neutral arbitration. So that is right in the memorandum of understanding. Somebody that is going to give us some more understanding on that is coming up at uh, once, uh, 1217 here in Oilers Now. Hart Levine will join us out of SoCal from Puckpedia when we return in Oilers Now. Hi, this is Zach Cassian from your Edmonton Oilers and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Should tell you, uh, Zach Cassian is skating uh, about five times a week. He has been for the last four weeks uh, in Ontario. Is uh, several of the players, virtually all the players, are skating. I mean, I don't think we're going to need as long of a training camp as some people think, and I do think February makes a lot of sense. One of the questions that we've been getting from you, the texters and the listeners, on a daily basis is, does the NHL actually have the right to go back and renegotiate an agreed-upon CBA? Now, the labor lawyers out there would would maybe take issue with that. Uh, some others that maybe run businesses would say, hello, what do you think's going on right now? Well, to provide us with some pers- uh, perspective is a guy that is uh, well plugged into the agent uh, community out there in the business right now, and he understands numbers as well. We welcome back to the show from Puckpedia, uh, former Edmontonian working now in California, Hart Levine Hart. Bob Stoffer, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me back. Good. Uh, first, so question number one, is there or is there not a mechanism in place 
where the NHL can go to the NHLPA and change the uh, existing CBA. I mean, I just read basically uh, – 1717 from the memorandum of understanding and my interpretation of that would be that mechanism probably is in place but i'd like to get your perspective on that yeah i would say reading through that it it looks like there's trying to just get them to renegotiate isn't an option but if it's um if they kind of take the path of we can't have a season because of the pandemic um then that kind of and their their requirement to pay the players, and then that kind of brings the players back to maybe work out something different. Reading through it, that sort of seems like the legal route, but I think more importantly, that legal discussion is, is somewhat irrelevant because both the owners, enough owners and Gary Bettman, and then the, the players want to play, and it's just a recognition that, you know, we need to work this out. There's not going to be a court case or anything, so maybe it's a little bit of leverage, but ultimately, it's about trying to work it out, and like we've talked about on the show before, it's a 50-50 pot, and all this discussion now is about you know, how much how, how much of that pot are the players going to owe to the owners and for how long um, till eventually it gets to 50-50 because ultimately that's where we'll end up. It might just take five or six years, but we'll get to 50-50. And really, um, I mean, within the players, it's kind of like who's going to bear some of that loss in revenue this year, the, the current players on these contracts or some players on, in future contracts down the road. So you think there's, I mean, I, I'm of the same volition that there's a deal to be made there uh, and also that uh, sanity needs to prevail. In other words, people need to, on both sides, I mean, I mean, you know, when you hear comments like, I know apparently one of the players said, well, it's never been cheaper to borrow money. And that angered a few of the owners because, you know, but there would be others that would sit there and say, well, Stoffer, you're being a lackey for, you know, lackey's a word those guys like to use. You're being a lackey for ownership because you're sitting there looking at this from a business perspective. And I'm going, I'm dealing in reality. I'm dealing in a province in Alberta where uh, a lot of the private sector's been crushed. The, you know, public sector's had some people lose jobs. Others are protected strongly by unions. Um is is there a solution to this that maybe could exist apart from, uh, well, let's look at the deferral. Uh, so you, you've explained this before. It was a 20% escrow plus a 10% deferral. Now the league's gone for a 16% increase in deferral and then changing the escrow balance at the end. So quickly, if you can give our listeners a quick explanation in escrow, a quick ex- explanation in deferral, and why the players would take issue with the 16% more request on the deferral, and is the escrow, the increase in escrow at the end, a bigger issue? Okay, so, yeah, the, before the pandemic and everything, obviously escrow has been around, and like we mentioned, it's a 50-50 split um, between of revenues. Half goes to the players, half goes to the owners. Normally, we have a season where we... Uh, expect what the revenues might be. The players get their contracts, and until all the math and all the tickets are sold and everything counted up for a year or two later, we don't really know what the actual revenue was. And so, by putting some money in a pool, an escrow pool, that's how the owners keep some money aside from the players' contract when they figure out what the actual revenue was. Take 50% of it, and then typically part of that escrow gets returned to to get to that 50/50 number. In this case, we know that because they kept the Salary cap at eighty-one and a half million. We know even with some what we're talking about with some deferrals, or even if there was even some prorating, there's no way that the players' share uh, would be anywhere close to fifty percent. We're not going to have fans or very few fans. We know this year that the uh, player 
share is going to be way over 50%. So that basically means the escrow amount, where typically that would kind of be set aside and maybe returned if there's enough revenue. We know this year that the players are losing that 20% um, for good. It's it's almost impossible now for them to get that back. So that 20% is kind of gone. The, the new part with the uh, with the new memorandum in the summer was this deferral. So the deferral is different. The deferral, uh, just kind of like it sounds, the players aren't losing that money. They're just going to get it back. And the way that it was written in the memo from the summer, 10% of the players' uh, base salary and signing bonuses would be deferred, and it would go in a pool, and it would get paid out uh, evenly over three years starting in, in year three, so like a third in year three, four, and five. Um, so that that goes off to the side. But the other thing in the memo is that this 20% escrow right now reduces, and in the third year, it's a 10% escrow, um, and then after that, it's a 6% escrow. So I think that players certainly – the biggest issue they would have is with increasing the escrow, especially, um, well, obviously, I don't think there's any way they would take an escrow increase this year because that just means lost um, salary that they'll never get back. But even looking at uh, increasing the escrow down the road, again, it's, unless that there's a big TV deal or we get a big recovery, it's quite likely that, that they're not going to get any of that escrow returned because the owners are going to need to keep all of it to get to that 50-50 uh, line. And so, again, I think increasing escrow is probably a, a hill that they, they would die on. They don't want to increase that. More deferral, on the other hand, is a completely different story. As I mentioned, this year it's a 20% escrow. So the way that it works is you have your contract. First, you defer your 10%. Then on the remainder, there's 20% escrow um, that, you, again, you're going to get withheld and lose. So if you defer more money this year, you're actually moving money from a 20% escrow year into a year with less escrow uh, in year three at 10% and after that 6%. So in talking to the agents, they've been, uh, some of them have been chatting with their players and, and with some of the players have realized this on their own and, and some just through the discussion with the agents, they're realizing actually if we kept the, if we don't increase the escrow but we increased deferral, that actually in the end provides more cash over the, over the length of this, uh, this contract. Like over the, by the time your deferral is paid out over those three years, which would be in years three, four, and five, you actually end up with more cash in your pocket if there's more deferral because you're moving that money out of a 20% escrow year and into a 10 or 6% escrow year. Well, that's an excellent explanation from Hart Levine joining us right now from Puckpedia. Is there a price point, Hart, or a specific type of player that gets screwed by maybe adding to uh, the deferral amount in the short term here? Again, just the, the math on it, the more you defer this year, the, the actually the more cash you're going to end up over five years by the time the deferral is repaid. So that's just like the math. But if you think about it from a psychology standpoint, you know, a player that has a million-dollar contract between the, the 20% escrow, first the 10% deferral, then the 20% escrow, they end up with 720000 of their million. Then they right. have to pay taxes and agent fees. Now, if you increase that deferral from 10% to 25%, now you're getting to a lot less cash. And if you and if you increase that deferral from 10 to 25 
uh, percent when on a million dollar contract, it works out to they'd get nineteen thousand dollars more um, over the course of five years with a twenty five percent deferral versus a ten. But again, if you're going, if you have a contract that says a million, and now we're talking, you know, maybe after taxes and agent fees, you're down to like three, four, five hundred thousand dollars. That that do you really want to give up? Um, you know, an extra fifteen percent deferral, hundred fifty thousand right now, just to make nineteen thousand over five years. That's that's a pretty big ask. Just thinking about like kind of the lifestyle and and what that cash means to somebody. But if you take a, a higher paid player, let's take for an example a player that makes five million dollars. If the if the deferral was increased from ten percent to twenty five percent over the course of five years, they'd get in their pocket an extra ninety five thousand dollars. So a player making five million dollars, you think that they can kind of afford to wait a little bit on some of this money, mm-hmm. take less money now, but over the course of five years, put an extra ninety five thousand in their pocket. That seems a little bit more palatable. So when I do, when I look at some of the, when I think about that psychology, first of all, I think a reasonable solution then is to say these lower paid players are probably unlikely to want more deferral just from a cash flow standpoint. They, the cash right now is, is more valuable to them. But these higher paid players, and especially in talking to the agents, more of them are kind of realizing more deferral is better. And actually a couple months ago, some high paid players even asked, could they just on their own uh, negotiate even more deferral because they recognize it was more cash for them. So if you, if you kind of see that there's these two groups of players, how do we get the most number of players on board with the deal? Just an idea I was thinking is let's just draw the line at $2 million. Everyone $2 million and more defers an extra uh, an extra percentage, and everyone under $2 million just sticks with the existing 10% deferral. And when you take the numbers, Elliot Freeman's reported that the owners want an extra $300 million in deferral. If yeah. everybody had to defer, if everybody had to defer the same, that extra deferral would be about uh, just under 14%. But if you only had players making $2 million or more do the extra deferral, that would be about six, just over 16%. So for those players, $2 million or more, an extra 2% isn't that much, and they're there, and more of them are realizing that it actually helps them to defer more. And then you can kind of leave everybody under two million alone, and they can just keep with the existing deal. So I would think that that is a structure that could get the most support from the players. And then if you add in, you know, maybe make the owners actually pay a little bit of interest on the deferral because right now it's interest free. I think that you know, just and that would be my thought. And then talking that through with some agents, I think that might be an area to get get enough players on board. Great stuff explaining that, Hart. Uh, how do people follow you on Twitter? Follow on Twitter at Puckpedia and uh, the website Puckpedia.com. Awesome stuff. Appreciate your time. Thanks. All right. That is Hart Levine again from Puckpedia. Uh, the man knows his numbers. There's no question about that. It wouldn't surprise me if uh, he's now getting calls from the agents to sort of look into some things. Let's just say he's pretty good with money, uh, knows how to uh, manage it for people. We'll take a uh, quick time out. It is 1230 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott joining you. Mark Spector coming up for the horses and horse racing Alberta after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.